Hello, welcome to today's edition of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Uh, today is going to be a special episode of Locked On Penguins. We're going to uh, go through the trade bait list um, uh, through it all. And uh, with me is very special guest, Jeff uh, Latang Colt from uh, Penguins Twitter. One of my very best friends has decided to join me for this episode. So, uh, Jeff, thank you so much for coming on. How you been, man? Oh, absolutely. I've been, uh, well, last three games have been better, but, uh, you know, I've been pretty well outside of the whole Penns fan thing. So, yeah, it's good. Yeah, of course, this weekend was a bit rough for the Penguins, uh, dropping a dud against the Sabres, who they've really struggled against uh, for some reason this season, even though the Sabres have almost lost to every team. And then, of course, the very frustrating uh, 5-3 loss to the Washington Capitals. Um uh, I don't really think we need to dissect much about the Buffalo game. That's just a stinker of a game. You know, it was mostly a trap game. But um, for the Washington oh, it's gonna game, happen. yeah, it happens. I think for the Washington game, they deserved a better fate. I thought they outplayed them for um, at least 45 minutes of that game, potentially more. They held the Caps to 10 shots on net through the first 10 periods. And then, you know, the third period came and they vomited on themselves in the defensive zone. Um, you know, it also doesn't help, like I've said so many times, that Brian Doolin and John Marino are out of the lineup and. Um, those are going to be the two biggest uh, deadline acquisitions for the Penguins when they return. And hopefully um, it'll be within this week. They're going on the road trip to California to play all the California teams. So hopefully it's sooner rather than later. Uh, Jeff, what was your big takeaway from uh, this weekend? Well, we saw the uh, injuries really starting to play into the Penguins' win and losses Uh you know, they've done pretty well despite the injuries, but I, I think we're starting to see holes form. And I think that's just a product of the uh, defense, especially, you know, like uh, Patterson taking on additional minutes, Jack Johnson having top line minutes. Um, whether or not you believe Jack Johnson is a good defenseman, uh, it, it's just not working. It's flat out not working. And the Pens have had a lot of resolve over the course of the year, but right now it's starting to uh, corrode. We know that the level of play has trended downward. Um, that's a lot to do with the defensive players, uh, Brian Dumoulin and John Moreno being hurt, as well as uh, I, I, I really do think that the last couple of games, Zach Aston Reese even, um, you know, that's been a big factor in, in their performance. Yeah, you know, you know, Zach Aston Reese is also a um, a big Selkie candidate if you look at some um, underlying, you know, some analytics uh, Twitter accounts. So um, yeah, I think there, his loss is being felt more than it has in the past. I know he's been injured a lot um, in recent seasons, but um, I feel like he's really come into his own more this season as a really good defensive player, can chip in um, goal scoring wise as well. But yeah, you hit the nail on the head with Jack Johnson. It's not working on the top pairing. I don't know why they refuse to. Um, not go away from it. You know, you can try anyone else up there. Um, I still feel it's weird that Yusso Rikula is in the doghouse over Zach Trotman, who I don't really think is an NHL defenseman, if I'm being honest with you. Um, but for some reason, he's over Yusso Rikula, especially. Yeah. Yusso Rikula has been so, so good. And he makes the one mistake in letting Kasperi Kapanen buy him. And Kasperi yep. Kapanen had all the speed in the world. And there was nothing that uh, Rikula could have done to catch up to him. And I don't know. I might want to question Sullivan, but uh, the decision to not play him over Trotman is, man. It's weird. It, he was caught flat-footed on the play, it looked like, but, it, I mean, he probably wouldn't have caught up to him even if he was going full right. speed anyway. Kasperi Kapanen is indeed uh, really, really quick. 
But yeah, it's just the, these like these losses aren't just they're not like I would say really very frustrating considering all the line the, the players that are out of the lineup. It's just you know I thought that the game was there for the taking today, especially when they scored those two quick goals in 30 seconds. Um, I thought Matt Murray uh, is still trending upwards. I thought he rebounded well after that game against Toronto. Um, you know it doesn't help that three of the four goals allowed were. Awful defensive uh, zone assignments by the Penguins defense. Uh, they, it, almost like, it was almost like they kicked in all, all three of those goals. I know, of course, one of them was because uh, Pedersen got roasted. Then, of course, he had the turnover, which led to the Tom Wilson goal. It was abs- That was probably his worst game um, of his Penguin career, if I'm not mistaken. But um, it's just I, – I really felt bad for Matt Murray after that performance. Um, I mean – there were a lot of pluses to take out of it too. I mean, the Justin Schultz seemed to rebound very, very well. Um, I thought we saw some of the chemistry being built between Sid and Zucker on Sid's goal, but um, you know, the Caps are always going to be a tough team and they're, they're largely healthy. And, you know, with the uh, tonight's edition of Ilya Kovalchuk, it'll be even more formidable in the playoffs. But, um, you know, if, if this banged up of a Penguins team, can take them the distance into the third period. And, you know, there's a couple goals that, of course, Murray would have wanted back. But uh, if they could take them that far and, and do that well against them injured, I don't know if I really, really worry about the Capitals in a best of seven, but uh, I really do think the Penguins have the edge. Yeah, I thought, yeah. And like I said, I thought the Penguins outplayed them for most of this game today, you know, even with the injured players. You know, Sullivan also said after the game that, he thought this was their best game in this uh, three-game losing streak. Um, I would definitely agree with him. You know, I, they, like I said, they deserved a better fate. But you know what? You win some, you lose some. You're still only two points out of first place. You're going to get reinforcements back soon. And we all know Jim Rutherford is going to be doing something uh, later today. Uh, whenever, if you guys are listening to this uh, today, you know, tomorrow, whatever, whatever. But um, I mean, we all know he's going to make a move. And, of course, the two other big deadline acquisitions are going to be Dumoulin and Marino. Uh, maybe Nick Bukestad if uh, he went on the road trip too, but um, I'm not really sure how much of an impact um, he's going to make at this point. I, um, it's good that the schedule eases up a little bit, I would say, for Pittsburgh. Uh, their next five games uh, after the California teams, they go against Ottawa and Buffalo. So they have some real chance to make up um, some ground on the Capitals and also distance themselves from other teams like the Flyers. The Islanders have also won a couple in a row. Um, so this is a good portion of the Penguins' schedule before it turns really nasty, I would say, in March. Fortunate for them, yes. I mean, the the Western teams, especially out in California, are just awful right now. The Kings are selling off, the Sharks are selling off, and the uh, <coughs> Anaheim Ducks aren't even thinking about competing for quite some time, having uh, traded Andre Cosse. But um, you know, it's I've, I've heard a lot of banter about. Uh, Wanting to trade Raquel, I don't think they're going to do that. But if the Anaheim Ducks made uh, Ricard Raquel available, that's, I mean, I've certainly been talking about up on my Twitter mm-hmm. that at that cost control point, that is somebody the Penguins should pursue. And with the term still existing on his contract, I think that's, um, I think that would be a good move for the Penguins to make, even if you're going to, you know, spend that 2021 first round pick because you'll still have uh, Ricard Raquel for at least another year under that really reasonable contract. Yeah, he would be the guy that I would go for for the Ducks. Also, Bob Murray can be had, um, especially at, for the Kase trade. I don't really think he got fair value back 
in return because, um, you know, getting the contract of David back is back and then a basically an early second round pick and a mediocre prospect I don't think is enough for how good he is when he's healthy. I kind of felt they, like I said, they got not as much value. But you know what? That's, that's Bob Murray. I feel like I said, he, I feel like he could be had. Um, you know, after this little break, you know, we're going to really be getting into the trade bait here. You know, we're going to go through each player one by one, um, even if it's the most unlikely, like a, maybe a Chris Kreider or something like that, all the way down to someone like Andreas Etten to see you who could be more likely. You know, we're going to go through all of them. Uh, this is going to be a lot mm -hmm. of fun. So, um, yeah, just keep keep it going here. All right, so Jeff, all right, it's time. So the trade bait list, uh, they haven't really, uh, they haven't, they sadly have not updated this list uh, today yet with the uh, Kovalchuk trade, though. It's also just about an hour after, so, um, I, you know. Yeah, they're pretty slow. They're a little slow with that. All right, Jeff, Chris Kreider, give it to me. Chris Kreider, I think, would be the perfect winger for Sidney Crosby. Um, he's got that edge like Hornquist. I don't necessarily know that Chris Kreider is a fighter, but I certainly think that he gets under goalie skins. He could definitely change the game. I think he would have the biggest impact out of any of the suspected unrestricted free agent forwards that you could trade for. Um, and if the Penguins had the opportunity to get this guy for anything less than a haul, I, I would think you'd have to press the uh the go button on that one because i mean that's just an awesome player yeah I, i've loved chris Kreider ever since he came into the league even though he's uh torched the penguins throughout his career with new york with a bunch of big time goals and all that like yeah he would be another perfect winger for Sidney crosby i know we just, they just got jason zucker who has looked really really good next to crosby but man you plug Kreider next to him and uh it looks probably just that much better uh he's just he's been on a tear this season um, I think the the cost to get him, I think it's you're maybe looking at a first round pick, top prospect. I don't think they're gonna need a roster player for him. That's just my opinion, though. Um, I'd still, you know, I'd still do it, but you know, I don't think um, I don't think it's going to happen. But would I love it? Oh, absolutely! I think that would be uh, awesome. But uh, Jeff uh, Jean Gabriel Pajot. Uh JGP. Um, there was rumors that the Penguins were going to acquire him when they did the Broussard trade. They went for the better player instead mm -hmm. in Broussard. Uh, well, it turns out that Broussard is absolutely washed up. So uh, that didn't end up working out. So uh, Jean-Gabriel Pajot, I think, would work very well on the third line, especially if you wanted to keep McCann on one of the top six wings. But I don't think that would be the smartest strategy because um, Jared McCann can't hit the broadside of a barn right now from 10 feet away. Yeah, so, it's um, uh, it's getting a little frustrating that he can't uh, produce right now. I think I saw Bob Grove tweeted out he's barely scored mm -hmm. in his last 15 games. I think that's that's the stat now. I think it's like one goal in his last 15 or something like that. Uh, yeah, that's just – I don't know what it is with him, but it's something is off. I, I don't know what it is though. What do you think the Penguins should pay for him? Pajot, um, Senators are going to want uh, a, a good haul for him too. He's had a really good season, almost a 30-goal season. Uh, probably would be, I think, a first-round pick, prospect, um, maybe a roster player. I feel like the Senators would actually want a massive haul for him, considering he's probably been their best player this season. But um, would I love it? Absolutely. He gives them another center. Um, you can play him on the wing. Um, sure. Uh, uh, likely chance? Uh, probably not. I think he's probably going to go to a team like colorado or something who's desperate to add offense you know i think the blues could do that uh, the blues are looking sure. for offense with tarasenko out still i think but um I, I don't see the penguins though you know i would love it i just of course it's unlikely um, right and I, I think i really think that in contrast to years past the penguins strength you know 
are their underlying strengths come from their bottom six right now? Yes, you have Crosby and you have the top six wingers, but you also have the bottom six for the first time in in a Crosby era, really, uh, thriving. And that's giving opponents fits because they're putting out their best defenders against Crosby, against Malkin. And when they're doing that, they're exposing their weaker defenders against uh, some pretty good lines. So adding Jean-Gabriel Pajot to that mix would be uh, definitely would make the Penguins a lot more formidable. What about Carolina's first round pick? What would you give up for that? <laughs> Carolina's first round pick. Um, well, uh, that's, uh, you know. You'd have to pick a goalie, right? Yeah. Goalie and, or maybe a defenseman. Justin Schultz. Justin you Schultz. Think uh, pack Justin your bags, Schultz. Justin Schultz. You can leave now for the Carolina's oh, first round right? pick. Or uh, Jack Johnson. I mean, that would be nice. But no, nah, no, nah, I'm just kidding. Uh, they won't, nobody, they never, they won't want to do that. Um, um, maybe, uh, maybe, oh, I'm trying to think of one of their other, um, awesome defensemen that I would give up, uh, you know, but yeah, probably Justin Schultz, uh, that's, that'd be, uh, funny. Uh, that's probably the most unlikely of unlikelies for the trade bait. Um, I think they're going to give up their first round pick to get a defenseman or a goalie. You know, I could see them. Yeah. I, you know what, if they were to make Casey uh, Smith. Jari or Matt Murray available, they won't. But if they were to make Tristan Jari or Matt Murray available, I guarantee you Carolina would be knocking down the door saying, hey, take our first rounder, take Jake Gardner, take Eric Holla, take whatever you want. Yeah. Just, you know, get us a good goalie. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I completely agree. Yeah. Because that, that window is still open in Carolina, but I don't think Carolina this year is nearly as good as Carolina was last year. So I think they need a little bit of desperation mode. Like, let's keep this window open as long as we can. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Jeff. Sammy Vatanen. Sammy Vatanen. Oh, that's a that's a tough one. Four point nine um, million. He only has uh, twenty three points this year. Um, he's probably the most likely devil to be traded tomorrow. Um, what's your take? Um, he is. I, I, I don't know how I feel about Sammy Vatanen because New Jersey is such an enigma right now with with where they are and would his game in New Jersey translate well to his game in Pittsburgh? Um. I would like it. I don't, I mean, I would think maybe a second round pick next year and maybe a prospect would get the job done. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I definitely would like to acquire a defenseman, but I think that Sammy Votnin is overrated um, on this trade bait list. And I think a team is going to overpay for him. And I really, really hope it's not the Penguins. I know Rutherford is told in the media, he's not uh, looking to acquire a defenseman, but obviously if they were that interested in Zach Bogosian, it's at least on the table. So I don't think Zach or Sammy Vatanen should be um, a consideration. But if he is, I would say maybe uh, a second and a prospect like um, Bjorkwist or something. Mm-hmm. Be level pro- prospect. Yeah, no, I think that would be fair for him. Um, he's also a right-handed shot. So um, I don't think the Penguins are going to have to go out and get that. And I think when Duke Marino comes back, they're going to like their um, – Right side a lot. And, you know, keeping up with the right-handed shots, uh, Tyson Berry, Jeff, uh, looks like the Leafs are potentially going to sell a little bit tomorrow considering what just just happened on Saturday night as their franchise got even more embarrassing by the day with losing to a uh, Zamboni driver, a 42-year-old Zamboni driver at that. (laughs) Unreal. Uh, Yeah. So um, what do you think about Tyson Berry? I think he's probably going to go to Tyson Berry. Tyson Berry is the player – that Penguins fans thought Schultz was going to be. Yeah, he does really well in offense. He's awful on defense. Um, but when you have a team that is so offensively minded, if you paired Tyson Berry with like a Marcus Pedersen, I feel like he would be a okay. 
Um, I'm not sure that Toronto has utilized Tyson Berry to the best of his abilities. I don't know what it is, but I feel like Toronto is structured a lot like the Penguins are. And as such, he's a player I would stay away from. I wouldn't pay a ton for Tyson Berry. Um, I think he's on a very fair cap hit at $2.75 million. Um, I mean, the Penguins do need defense, but I've got one guy, and he's actually really low on the list uh, that I've been eyeing that I really think the Penguins should go after. So I'm going to say stay away from Tyson Berry. But again, if I were um, if I were the Penguins, I think the price would be a roster player forward uh, and mm-hmm. a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. No. Because of... Yeah. Um, because of, you know, Barry is 28, he's in his prime. Um, so I would guess maybe they would trade Nick Bukestad in a first, but that's not a price I would pay. No, I uh, I concur with that. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, speaking, uh, keeping up with the Canadian teams, uh, Vladislav Nemenstikov, um, yeah, if you are looking to trade for someone from Ottawa that is not J.G. Paggio, um, he, he would not be the one, actually. There is someone else on this list that I would eye over Nemestikov, I know he, he makes $4 million per season. He has uh, 13 goals this season. Uh, what do you think about him? Oh, I think he's a little bit overpaid. Um, I think he is a like a tweener. Like He'd be good on the second line or the third line. Um, he's not necessarily a first liner or a fourth liner. And I think he could be one of Jim Rutherford's trade targets because at that $4 million cap hit, I think that's one that the Penguins could swallow because they have about $3 million worth of space mm-hmm. even tomorrow. And uh, Mestikov will only be a fraction of that. Um, I don't think he's going to cost as much as like a Jean-Gabriel Pajot, but I do think there will be demand for his services as he is young. He's 27. He's having a decent year and he can contribute. Um, what I would pay maybe would be a, a third round pick, but I think they can get better from another team. Uh, out of that. Now, uh, one thing that'll be interesting is the contenders. You, you've seen uh, Tampa Bay. They uh, they had Nemestikov. They traded him away to Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Or no, they traded him away to New York in the uh, J.T. Miller trade, and then they got traded to Ottawa. I really don't think they would be interested in acquiring his services. I don't know necessarily that the Boston uh, Bruins are interested in acquiring his services, given that you know Chris Kreider is on their radar. Uh, I think uh, the St. Louis Blues are also going to make a good play for Kreider. But um, I, I think Nemestikov will be one of the consolation prizes, as the trade bait list indicates. Uh, but uh, as far as Nemestikov goes, if you can get him for maybe a third-round pick, I mean, that third-round pick is not going to turn into a Nemestikov. And if he helps you win the Cup, uh, all the better. You know, I, I want somebody who can contribute. I think Nemestikov has a good enough feet for the way the Penguins play. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, that's definitely a name to keep an eye on. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, of course, the next person on the list was already traded today. Ilya Kovalchuk, of course, going to Washington for a third-round pick. Uh, you know what? Whatever. You know, he's not going to get the on the top power play minutes. So um. that's interesting too. He's um, according to Slava Malamud, uh, who who covered the Washington Capitals until he was. Uh, at least he says he was blacklisted by the Russian media for oh, uh, talking out against Putin and talking out against Ovechkin. And that kind of uh, lost him favor in the Washington Capitals organization. He says that um, Kovalchuk actually forged uh, some stats on his papers when he came into the league. Uh, He alleges that Kovalchuk is actually 38 years old. Now, Kovalchuk has seen a a so-so year, I would say, altogether between 
Los Angeles Kings, where he was absolutely putrid on a putrid team, and then he uh, maybe fiddled a little more into Montreal's system before being traded to Washington tonight. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how he fits into Washington, given that power play, uh, his spot was... Uh, the same spot that Ovechkin currently occupies. I can't see them moving Ovechkin for anything. Um, but, I, I mean, his age and his skill level right now, I mean, the Penguins might as well like dig somebody like Rick Nash out of retirement. Um, yeah, I, I think that'll be good for Rick Washington. Nash. I think it definitely <laughs> turns their um, the dial a little bit more toward a Stanley Cup run. But I don't think it's enough to put Washington over the edge and take out teams like Pittsburgh or Tampa or Boston. It yeah, could, yeah, but I, I, I don't think it does. No, no, yeah, I completely agree with that. You know, he's not what he once was, though. He was having success, of course, with Montreal scoring a bunch of those goals. I don't think it's going to carry over that much, but I still think it's a it's a decent addition for them. They didn't really have to pay too much to give up anyway. And Montreal got another pick for him, as they did for uh, Scandella. They did really good in that trade too, but. Moving on, um, Andreas Edson to see you. I know you've really been high on him from Detroit. Yes. 10, 10 goals, 24 points this season. Um, what do you think? I think he would be a great addition to the bottom six. Oh, I absolutely do. And I think you could get him for far less than you could have Chris Kreider. He's not going to produce the goals or the assists that Chris Kreider would. But I still think he is a very offensively capable forward. I think that he has speed to burn. I think he would fit very well into the system. It worries me because he is a little bit enigmatic, like a Galchenyuk. Like um, I've heard Red Wings fans say that he'll disappear for streaks at a time. Uh, but in the same respect, you know, that's, I guess, the kind of the nature of Penguins players. You know, Brian Russ has had a history of just going dry for weeks at a time. And back during the Connor Sherry era, we, Connor Sherry went dry for stretches at a time. And uh, Jared McCann is currently dry for his stretch. Uh, Justin Schultz. So hockey, I mean, I think streaks are just natural to hockey. And uh, I would take the risk on FS or Athanasio yeah. if if the price was right. If you got him for like a third round pick or even if you traded Yusuf Rikla because the Penguins, for whatever reason, don't seem interested in utilizing his talents. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a one for one there, a hockey trade there would be absolutely a uh, positive for the Penguins. Yeah, I could see him throwing a roster player in there. Yeah, I don't think the price is going to be too high. He's had his um, injury concerns uh, this season, only playing in you know, like less than 50 games so far. But yeah, I, I would love it. It's a good winger. Uh, he's, he's fast. I, you know, he probably doesn't bring a lot defensively, but whatever. He, he can score. Um, Eric Gustafson, left-handed shot. Um, very beautiful cap hit from the Blackhawks. The Blackhawks are, I think they're going to sell. Um, what, what about him? If we were going to talk about defensive players to acquire from the Chicago Blackhawks, I would almost rather get Ole Mata back from him in spite of the cap hit. <laughs> uh, because Gustafson, he's having a uh, – he, I mean, he, he's very inconsistent mm-hmm. as a player. Um, he's had a number of good years. This year's kind of down, but he's kind of brought it back. Um, I, I wouldn't pay any kind of – you know, the, the prices that have been paid for defenders so far, all these second rounders and third rounders uh, packaged it together. I wouldn't pay anything near that for Gustafson. I know that a team will, who's desperate for defense. I know that uh, Carolina just had Brett Pesci go down today. So, I mean, That's I think that could be watch. a consideration yes. for them. 
Um, Gustafson has also been tied to the Vegas Golden Knights, who seem to be in some sort of downward spiral of acquiring really bad players. Uh, if you're going to add Alec Martinez and then add Eric Gustafson, you're almost as bad as Tampa, who already possesses Luke Shen and um, and uh, Ryan McDonough. And then they added today Zach Bogosian to that list. So it, it, <laughs> I can't imagine Tampa lasts too long in the playoffs unless uh, – that was funny to see that they've had it for over 1 million too. That's 1 million more than I would pay for them. No, it doesn't matter. It's it's a fraction of that cap it now, but they're, they're the maximum 50 contracts. So they're gonna have to move somebody out if they want to bring somebody else in tomorrow. Yeah, Eric Gustafson is Justin Schultz left-handed. I'm not really interested in that. And then uh, the next guy on the list, uh, Dustin Bufflin, the Winnipeg Jets have a must uh, interesting situation with that. Uh, Jeff, pretty unlikely that the Penguins would get in with his seven million cap hit, thirty-four year old defenseman. Um, not really sure if he even gets uh, dealt tomorrow. That's going to be an interesting situation. The only way I could see it is if the Winnipeg Jets uh, eat a bunch of cap. They could. Um, you know, I, I I would like it. I think, uh, especially if if I knew that Dustin Bufflin was healed from his lower body injury that was kind of keeping him out or whatever it was. Um, nobody wants to play for Winnipeg. Let's, let's be honest. It was like 10 degrees in the middle of the summer, uh, let alone in the middle of the winter. Um, but Bufflin has been a great player over the course of his career. I think he's a, a very Phil Kessel like in, in the sense that he has been, uh, shall we say a more robust player stature wise as well as, you know, he, he's been fairly healthy throughout his career. I think he would be a wonderful fit on the Penguins. I don't know if there's a match there to be made in terms of acquiring him. Um, but if Dustin Bufflin is at 100% having not played for a couple of months, I think that could reinvigorate the uh, Penguin, the Penguins' weakened defensive core. And I think it could be a good reason for the Penguins to uh, push Jack Johnson out of the lineup come playoff time. So, so have, I think that would be a sneaky good addition for the Penguins. We, we could only hope that he gets uh, pushed out of the lineup at some point, though. Uh, will it happen? Um, doesn't seem likely. But uh, And here's the complication. He still has a year left on that $7.6 million right. contract. That's the complication. So the Penguins would logically need to move somebody out in order to accommodate for that, that cap hit. We'll have a little bit of space, and, and presumably they're going to have to move a goalie. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have a, a number of contracts to sign this summer, and I just can't imagine a situation, even with Dustin Bufflin at uh, half of that $7.6 million yeah. really working in there. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Yeah, I don't see that happening. I don't, what if they traded Schultz for him? Yeah, that, that's, yeah that's, that's true. That would be a good uh, trade. Uh, who would I trade? Yeah, it's you'd have to probably move a defenseman out because he is on the um, he do, he plays on the right side, and I, I wouldn't want to play him on the left side. So yeah, it would probably have to be Schultz. I would say. Um, I kind of wonder with with Winnipeg's defensive struggles and the fact that um, nobody seems to want to play there. Um, I, I kind of wonder if Jack Johnson's contract would be appealing to them. I mean, they're obviously not in the. Uh, they're not nearly what they were two years ago. You know what I, I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Don't uh, don't don't tempt they Kevin Shevel Day off with a good time because I'm sure he would uh, take <laughs> right. that. He's also the least most, least active GM, so that's um, that's uh, right. I just I find that absolutely hysterical. 
All right, Jeff. So you know we're a little bit low on time. I don't think we're able to get. We're not going to get through uh, forty more players, believe it or not. Well, you know maybe thirty nine. Detroit's cap space is actually on this list for some reason. But um, <laughs> Jeff, out of all these players, who would you like to see and why? You know, we know that there apparently there's some Joe Thornton rumors. He's number thirteen on the list. I've seen oh. Derek Grant rumors. I'm not really oh, no. big on Derek Grant, and of course, Jeff. The Wayne Simmons rumors, we have seen them. I've also seen a couple of rumors about Jimmy VC from Buffalo. Eh, whatever, but um, who would you mo- most want on this list, Jeff, um, down the 40? Well, I, I think you should save Joe Thornton and Wayne Simmons for maybe two podcasts from now because that's how long it's going to take them to catch up because of how slow they are. Um, but the player that I would want the most off of this TSN trade bait list will be number 49, Josh Manson out of Josh Manson is a very capable defenseman. He is mm-hmm. very solid uh, offensive defenseman. He is 28 years old, so he's not getting any younger. They're trading soon here. He's left on his contract. So if you do burn that 2021 first-round pick, you know you're going to get a really good player in return um, with term on them, as well as a team who's willing to take that contract. So I would offer a 2021 first round pick as well as Jack Johnson and maybe a B-level prospect for Josh Manson just so that way you can shore up the D-line because obviously, you know, Dumoulin got hurt, Marina got hurt. If, if you have anybody going down, you know, Ruedel and Ricola are, are good, but if you're not willing to play Ricola on that on his side, I mean, you need somebody solid there. And so Josh Manson will be my number one off the list. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's uh, that's something I didn't expect you to say, but uh, I respect that. I would really like Josh Manson here too. Uh, the trick is, would Anaheim move him? I was listening to Elliot Friedman's 31 Thoughts podcast. He said apparently it would have to take a lot to get someone like Manson. I'd give a lot. Yeah. And no, I, I would too. I, I would think he'd be great. Uh, me personally, Jeff, I'm going to go with a forward here. Number 46, Craig Smith. Um, it's a little mm. bit different uh, than probably some other people, but he has a 17-goal season going right now. Um, I know he makes $4.5 million on the cap. It really shouldn't be that big of a deal at 30 years old. Right wing, you can put him on the third line. Um, Jim Rutherford always likes that championship experience as he's played in the Stanley Cup final. Um, that's why I know he was looking – apparently that's what he said he was looking for. Um, um, he scored week. a lot of goals yeah, over his he, career. Yeah, he's he's been good. I, I would like Craig Smith. Um, it would be interesting to see if Nashville would do that, though. They're – on the outside looking in, though, it's not impossible for them to make a run here. They're just the oh, running out of time coming. is the thing, um, which is I think the big thing. But I think he would be absolutely awesome. Uh, my next one would probably be Tyler Ennis. I really eight hundred thousand dollars with Ottawa, fourteen goals. Uh, you can plug him in on the third line. Um, I think those would be my two. Yeah, I think those would be my two big ones. I know you're also probably big on Connor Sherry. He's on this list. Um, there's potential a potential chance to get back. Yeah, I think I know you've been hyping up the Connor Sherry trade, but uh, the, the Connor Sherry train, not trade. But um, yeah, Jeff, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, this was one of my oh, longer no episodes. Uh, I wish we could have got through the whole list, though. Um, if I was the host of the national show, I think we would have been able to do that. It probably would have been for another hour or so. But um, we're gonna have you on pretty soon, I would say. Um, I'll sure. probably have another episode coming. I'll probably have a special coming after the deadline, you know, to say who the Penguins got, what I think of the player, all that good stuff. But, uh, yeah, man, thank you so much for coming on. Not a problem. Thank you. Yeah, of course. All right. So, yeah, look for that special coming after the deadline, like I said. I'll talk more about um, 
Penguins rode ahead, of course, with the easy schedule and then before the big uh, stuff uh, starts in March. So thank you guys so much for listening to this episode, and we will talk to you all later.